TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 545, and I'm Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer, TV enthusiast, coming to you from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. Uh, I live in Hollywood, and I write for WhySoBlue.com. And this week we are recording from the Hellmouth Convention in Los Angeles. Uh, so this is a pretty cool thing. We're all, actually most of us are in person, except for that lame Tom who's in Florida. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what you couldn't come all the way out here for this? I was out there last weekend for a Star Wars celebration. You didn't record oh, it all. Sure, for that. <laughs> all right. So Tom, hit us with the news. News. Um, AMC has announced that Alicia Debnam Carey is leaving Fear the Walking Dead after seven seasons. Isn't the show just ending after seven seasons? (laughs) One would think, but no. Uh, Apple TV Plus has announced that Slow Horses has been picked up for seasons three and four. Yay! Um, A Speed Racer live-action series is in the works with J.J. Abrams to executive produce. ITV has cast Kevin McKidd in 6-4, a limited series based on the bestseller by Hideo Yokoyama, and uh, BBC is distributing that worldwide, so hopefully it'll show up on BBC America. CBS announced that Miguel Gomez is leaving FBI Most Wanted. Disney Plus has announced that Percy Jackson and the Olympians is adding five to the cast, most significantly Megan Mullally and Jason Mantzoukas. Fox is uh, working on an animated series called The Movers with Susan Sarandon and Fat Joe giving their voices to it. HBO announced that Jodie Foster is going to appear in season four of True Detective with new, showrunner, new showrunners Isa Lopez and Alan Page Ariaga. And in the surprise news of the week, James Marsden is returning to Westworld for season four. Wait, didn't he get a uh, bullet to the back of his head? He's a robot. You can make as many robots as you want. Good point. Okay. Uh, Our Flag Means Death has been picked up for season two at HBO Max. Raised by, Raised by Wolves has been canceled. I suspect, <laughs> I suspect somebody at Discovery watched it and said, what is this? Um, and sad news, Kaylee Cuoco said Flight Attendant may be done after season two. Oh. Which well, you is, know, it seemed kind of final. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it, but yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me, and it it kind of it goes out well. Oh, this is true. Uh, Alexis Bledel is exiting Handmaid's Tale before season five. NBC may rescue Magnum PI, which CBS canceled. Um, Amir Arison and Laura Son have left the blacklist, and I'm like, that show's still on. Why? <laughs> and I was like, who are the two people that left? Do I know who they are? Uh, they were the, some of the lesser agents. Uh, Paramount Plus has announced Amanda Pete is joining Fatal Attraction as Joshua Jackson's wife, and the good fight will end with season six. 
Uh, Natasha Leon and Ryan Johnson's Poker Face series at Peacock has cast Danielle McDonald from The Tourist. And Peacock also announced that Will Arnett is going to voice Sweet Tooth in the Twisted Metal series. Finally, uh, uh, Lionsgate expects to sell or spin off stars by the end of the summer. Okay, then. That's the news. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we, we're going to talk uh, Better Call Saul. And it's the we're going to just talk the finale because for some reason we actually miss discussing that. Because it aired, it aired, it dropped the Tuesday before the long weekend. We were yeah, not. Yeah, so, so we didn't talk about it. So let's talk about the finale of Better Call Saul. Who wants to go first? And can we start at the end? <laughs> I was just alas, poor Howard. You just had to stick your nose in where it didn't belong. No, that's not even fair to Howard. Like, Howard was doing everything that he was like he got manipulated that entire episode and you feel bad for him because you realize because i was like what are they putting on those pictures because they're put they got gloves on and they're doing it with a dropper and i was like what are they doing and i was like oh and then when howard started acting weird i was like oh they drugged him i was like oh that sucks and then about Halfway through the episode, or was it last week's episode, or the week before, you find out that his private investigator actually works for them. Yeah, it was in this episode. Oh, and I was like, man, he just got outmaneuvered at every turn. Like, it's crazy. They predicted every single thing that uh, he did. Like, it's, I, I, I was just flabbergasted. Yeah, they, they pretty much cornered him. So by the end... I mean, when he finally gets drunk and confronts him, you can kind of understand that. Right. But, I think but the fact that they predicted that he was going to show up, too. Well, sort of, yeah. But not. I, I don't know that they necessarily expected he was going to show up right then. They were and like, they put, certainly did not no, predict No, they didn't predict that. Yeah, they didn't predict and that. I, I mean, if there's anything that he did wrong, last, that he wouldn't. Lalo was going to show up. Their, sure. Sorry. What would you say, Tom? They sure didn't predict that Lalo was going to show up. No, no, no nobody predicted Lalo. And, I mean, if, if you're going to blame him for anything, it's that he was, he was too drunk to pick up on their signal of terror. Yes. Um, that maybe he should leave now. They were. He, there was no way he was leaving. Yeah, I mean, once he, saw Lala, once he saw Lala, was, he was dead. Yeah, it was, this is the end of it. But, I, I, I mean, maybe there was like a fractional window where he could have gotten out, but not really. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was... I have to say, that was so brilliantly staged, that entire scene. Because oh, yeah. when they had that candle that would flicker, you know, when, when, when Howard first came in and they, they had the candle flicker, and then when Lala came in and all you see is that candle wink out. I totally missed that. And oh, that was, the, it was right there, like the, before you see Lala, it, you see the candle go out. And then you see the reaction shots. And I have never been so terrified by the sight of a candle in my life because I knew what was happening. I, I just knew what, what was coming well, the, next. The thing that made that really interesting, though, is Kim lied to Jimmy, or by omission, commission, take your pick, by not telling him that Lalo was alive. Right, so right. Jimmy's reaction when he saw Lalo, it was kind of like in a ghost movie where, holy crap, there is somebody here who should not be here. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Peter, your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was really terrific. I basically watched, I only watched the premiere, and then I waited basically for all the episodes to be available, 
Uh, so I watched in like a night, and uh, I thought it was really terrific. I, yeah, I, I, I was still shocked, even though I had heard that there was a there was going to be something big at the in the finale. Like I agree with Allison that the candle made me very nervous. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see where we're going to go with the final six. I don't know. Is it six or eight? I don't, is it same? How many episodes is it? Do we know? There's 14 total. They gave us one extra. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so it's seven, seven, so seven and seven. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's that show is just so good. I mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean, it's always compelling. And like, while I, I agree with, I think, Allison and Olivia about wishing that Kim could sort of let things go and she can't, and it's the same thing that Walter White I will, you know, I guess I'll say that is that like when the show started, I was kind of like, well, Jimmy isn't really anything like Walter White, which is fine because, you know, J- J- uh, Vince Gillen, he doesn't have to do the same show twice. But now that I'm we're looking at these two shows, I sort of see Kim Wexler as the Walter White. Obviously, I don't think she's evil or anything, but like she's another person who can be kind of petty and actually sort of likes even though I think ultimately she's a good person and she does genuinely want to help people, she very wants, she very much wants to like scorch earth to people who wronged her and stuff like, which I see as a similarity to Walter White, which I think is interesting. Um, I think she would, she would have helped herself out a lot if she had just dropped this whole thing. Oh, for sure. So uh, my only, the only thing that I say, and the guy's really good is that, I still don't love the. I still don't love. Is it Lalo? Is that his name? Yeah. Lalo. He's look. I think the actor's very charming, and he's a good. He is a good like. He's a good like. Well, how are you going to defeat this guy? Like type of character. But I don't know. For some reason, I don't find his storyline as interesting as the other moving parts. I guess. But it's again, it's nothing with the actor. And I agree. The whole thing with the sewer. Like, all that stuff, was, it's really good. Yeah, I really like the part where you don't know what he's doing for, like, for, for like 10 minutes. He's, like, going through a sewer. He's at a store taking a shower, and he goes to his car, and he gets a... I was like, and then the? he goes back in the sewer, and at and that point, like, I was really confused. I was like, what's happening? And then you see what he's doing, and I was like, oh. oh. And, it, and I like that they had no problem making us wait that long to figure out what was happening. No, I, I, I like that about the show. I totally agree, actually. But yeah, either way, I mean, obviously, thumbs up. It's probably the best thing I've seen, like, these past few months as far as television. I mean, uh, it's great, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really good show, so thumbs up. You, you right. know what's interesting is you brought up comparisons with Breaking Bad. Walter White's tragic flaw is his pride and arrogance. Yes, what's yeah. interesting about Kim and Jimmy is their love of the grift and being unable to let something go. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yeah. All right, so we're giving that thumbs up. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Barry. And Barry, we have two episodes to discuss. <laughs> and the second, I don't remember the first one, but the second one is all about the motorcycle. 710 North. <laughs> yeah. I was upset, though, because I was watching the highways, and I was like, that highway doesn't meet that highway. They're shooting on <laughs> two different highways, and they're trying to make you see, they, think it's the same one. They, they, are, they are counting on you not knowing the L.A. geography. Yeah, because I was like, wait, that highway doesn't lead to that highway. Like, I, I, of course, because half of those highways were, like, near my house. So I was like, yep. no, that's wrong. But, I, of course, I'm not supposed to be paying attention to that. I'm supposed to be paying attention to the chase. But, yes, the... <laughs> 
the motorcycle chase was great, and that song. Uh, Peter, you t- tell the story of the song. Wasn't that you that knew the story of the song? That Barry is singing while he's doing the motorcycle chase. No, no, that was actually no. You told me that. I did no, not know that. No, that was that uh, was Jim. But about how it's a made-up song. Like, no, yeah, no, that was I had Jim. not known. That was I neither one that. of us. That's why I was like, wait, I didn't know that song. So basically, it's a song that. Uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. Bill Hader. While they were doing the scene, he started humming to himself, and he made that song up out of nothing. <laughs> and then it became like a thing. And so for every take, he just kept doing the song over and over again. Because everybody was like, wow, what song is that? Do I remember that? And the answer is no, you don't remember that. <laughs> he made that song up. But it's kind of like, it's like a ditty that gets in your head that you can't let go. Uh, so it was kind of cool watching the, the cause it, each step of that, that chase got more and more ridiculous. Cause yes. what tripped me out is when he drives into the, what the, like the used car lot. Used and, car dealership. Yeah. And then somebody pulls out a gun and shoots the woman <laughs> off the top of the roof. I was like, what is happening? Uh, what I thought was hilarious about that though, is it's not even Barry who takes care of her. It's right. just this oh. guy at the dealership. Who's I don't know in, into survivalist stuff or whatever, and he's got a gun with him, and and that that was just it's so surreal and bizarre. Right, I mean, right. I, I loved that scene. America. America. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh that that and then the beignets by Mike. Oh my God. That was the best. I was now I want beignets first of all because I was like, wait, is that real? Yeah, that looked really real, good. I need to go there. But and clearly yeah. that guy and can help me with all my problems. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy by Mike. <laughs> yeah. And he was, and I love that after Barry left, that woman was like, so I had this conversation with my daughter and he was like, and like he knew exactly who she was. He knew what the conversation was like. This dude was crazy. And then I just love how, how he is, is. He never, ever moves. He's just standing in the same position the whole time that everybody's talking to him. And it's like, just dispensing advice. Just well, crazy. and then I liked his weird, inappropriate proposition to Noho Hank. <laughs> and, and Noho Hank was super uncomfortable. He was like, yeah, I got a thing that I got to go to. Like, I'm on the run, but I totally can't hang out with you, man. I so, thought it was interesting when Barry goes to Noho Hank and his boyfriend for relationship advice. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. And I like that, that uh, Mr. Cousineau, his career's taken off, but he still he's still trying to make amends. Like I he's think, I think the interaction with Barry has really kind of opened his eyes to what a monster is and what's mm-hmm. a bat, and he doesn't want to be anywhere near what that is. Although it's interesting because what what I saw was was he was doing somewhat of what Barry had been doing with him. He's going after this woman and you know trying to make up for her by giving her things, by giving her a career back, which is what Barry was Basically doing with did. him. Right. Now yep. it's more excusable because you know he didn't murder her. <laughs> he killed her career, Correct. but he didn't right. kill her, so you know or any, any actual person. So you can forgive him more, I think. But yeah, it, it struck me that it's really kind of the same behavior. Oh, that's true because he kept going after her. He yes. Kept basically harassing her like and she, and she had it too she was saying you know this is more about you, you getting getting um, you know making yourself feel better right for what you did which is true is. <laughs> yeah but yeah but she she'd be crazy not to take advantage of it oh, absolutely. I know I thought it was interesting that three of the shows were we've we're going to talk about 
all have like these savage takes on the television industry. Well, the yeah. algorithm has decided. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I feel like we're getting a little too meta. For someone who is in the television I really like, industry, yeah, I, I, I like feel the a algorithm. Meta. I what like the algorithm thing, and I like Vanessa. Is it Vanessa Bear? Is that the actress? Yes. Oh, right. I love her. You know, it was and like Perkins hmm, instead of oh, like I love that. <laughs> I thought that was really terrific. I uh, my eyebrows just kept going up in that scene. I was yeah. like, what's <laughs> happening? Yeah. I still, good. I will say, I feel like, I mean, obviously, we're gonna get to the boys later in this episode, but I feel like with the boys and with Barry. Of, of our group, I think I am the least into Barry and the boys, um, despite some really good stuff. I love the motorcycle chase. I thought that was that was terrific. Um, but there are things about Barry that I that I've always I've always liked. I've always liked the psychology and the humor more than just the gangster stuff. Even though that motorcycle scene is basically these people out to kill him, but I just thought it was so well done. Um, so I liked the new Barry. I just, I don't know. I don't, like, anytime they're more focused on Gene or the industry and how Barry does or doesn't fit, I'm usually in. But when it's more about, oh, and then, like, what's his name? Wait, who's the, I love the actor, the guy from Office Space. He it opens with you Hughes. thinking he gets killed. Hughes. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah. Well, he I doesn't don't get killed, but he, like, it I looks like he's, he did. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't care about that at all. Like, I like the actor. I totally do. But, like... I knew in the opening, I was like, okay, he's clearly not dead. I was like, why are you wasting my time? You know, like, I just like stuff like that. I'm just, eh. but again, I still like the show overall, but I feel like I like it less than I think you guys do. Yeah. All right. I still think, uh, I'm, I'm still excited about the season, but let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about hacks. And this, we have like, they keep dropping so many episodes. So technically we have like time. four. Yeah. Well, to, they do two per week. Right, so we have like four episodes to talk about, which is a lot, but it all kind of comes together to one big thing. So I feel like that's okay. Is it done for the season? Yes. yes. It's oh, done okay. for the season. Oh, yeah, it's done. It's possibly season finale. done okay. forever. What did you it's, say, Peter? I mean, it's possibly done forever, but no, it's, 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 no, it's not. It's not. I, I actually, I thought that, I mean, it looks so it much feels like, yeah. like a series finale. But I, if you go in and look at the uh, the after show that they've got recorded, yeah. it, it's they very clear about, they're intending. They're intending to, go to on. but they said HBO has not picked them up yet. Ah, yeah, well, but you know, it's, it took like a bunch of sixty-five so days for them to get, and sixty-nine days to to give the go ahead for our flag means death. So that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, but I'm just saying it's not officially picked up yet. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, but right. I I love I, I really love hacks. I think this I think season two might have know, might have been sort of better than season. I don't know. Season oh, one was really, really good. It was definitely better. No, season I, thought the, good, I thought the stakes were higher, and also, um, oh Ava, I'm blanking on the uh, Hannah Einbinder. I Hannah, thought, I think her acting improved season two. Yeah, yeah, her chemistry yeah, I agree. was you so much more better. About Ava. Yeah, but Jean Smart, her her one night stand with Devin Sawa was brilliant. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Go, girl. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, I want to say that I, I don't know that season two was better. I think it was, but for me, the the lasting impression is that it was different. Um, so it wasn't just like oh, the more of the same. You know, they definitely, obviously, both grew, uh, both within the story. You know, uh, obviously, they, with their own journeys, but together, obviously, and. 
you know, they obviously have a mother-daughter relationship, and it was clearly emphasized when her actual mother showed up for oh, a visit, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and they was, didn't get along. Oh, right. it was so painful and uncomfortable and, and sad. Um, but again, that's what the show is about. It rings out, like, um, I don't know, joy and uh, something beautiful out of stuff that's really sort of depressing, you know, and really tense and uncomfortable to watch. I think... In part, I agree with everybody saying that her acting was better, but I think her character is just so inherently more likable. So I think she had more to work with. The, the, her role was more sympathetic, and she definitely kind of grew into it. I think also her playing off of Jean Smart, she probably just, practically speaking, where they're more comfortable with each other as actors. So it was really lovely to watch even the conflict. Um, I thought that the... I love this series as well, and I'm surprised at how much I love it. I think because of the growth and the journey and the writing, um, I, it was really hard to watch for a season. As much as it was brilliant and funny, it was so uncomfortable and painful and, and all of that. But uh, So this, even though there were the highs and the lows and all that tension and stuff, and um, I, just, I think it's a great, great show. It hits all the marks of, of really well acted, really well written. Um, I love the way that they ended it. I, thought, I was wondering how long they were gonna deal with the whole like, I'm suing you. And it was funny and, you know, it was kind of a thing. But at, towards the end, I thought, or, I mean, we, we all know she's not actually going to go through with it. So I was a little bit like, you know, how is this going to work? Um, but anyway, I thought, uh, I agree in a sense that I thought maybe it could absolutely be like a series ender. But for me, I actually was super interested. I didn't, first of all, want it to be a season end, series ender. Um, but also, I really thought that... Um, it was a perfect place to start a third season. Like it was a great cliffhanger. Like, you know, it, it closed up the, the story that we were following and now we're gonna follow her leaving her. And obviously- Yeah, they're, they're, co yeah they're codependent. Yeah, so I think that's gonna be really interesting because even though they tied up the storyline of two seasons, they've definitely left it for like the next section. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm equally as excited about that and, and have a lot of confidence that they're gonna do a good job. So yeah, I was- very happy with this season and and like i said i liked both seasons equally but they felt very different to me uh, and at the end of two seasons i want to really care about the characters and i do so yeah i thought it was great i love the guest shot by harriet sansom harris who played fraser's agent B, um bb glazer bb i love that too i love who? it love it I, and, I don't know who you're talking about yeah She's beat, she was, she was the comedian at the county fair the the comedian, the the the, oh, the, the woman with the, the, other the with the family, yes. and she felt Correct. bad. That oh, she the ruined her. Yeah, oh, she ruined exactly. her career. Yeah, yeah she oh, was great. She was BB, and then um, the mom, uh, Ava's Jane mom. Adams. There's yeah. There's, I feel like there's been a lot of Frasier uh, people on HBO Max lately. You will David never go wrong Korea. casting Frasier vets for a comedy. <laughs> no, yeah, they're always good. They know what they're yeah. doing. It's a smart move. Uh, by the way, uh, I I wanted to get um, Yusun Yusun's take on this. Uh, I loved that um, earlier in the season they're shopping, and Ava <laughs> and, and no and um, and Deborah has Ava in this dress. It's kind of like a, a Chanel. Black, it almost looks like a skirt, but it's kind it's, of a little outfit. Of course, it's she a Chanel. It. Just, you know, and that's the outfit she wears in the finale. And I was so happy. I was like, oh, she wore the outfit. <laughs> well, remember, remember what uh, you anyway, said. Yeah, it isn't looked... for you, honey. It's for the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. She looked good. I thought listen, she looked good. Listen, here, I'll give you something a little personal. When 
when she was like, oh, let's go to Lord and Taylor's. They have the best sale racks. I was like, yes, they totally do. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I haven't been to a Lord and Taylor's in so long. Because they've closed a lot of them. And the show was even accurate that they're, they're a, I believe they're a Dallas store anywhere, a Texas based. So there's still a bunch in the middle of the country, but they're definitely not as much, you know, at the mid coast. I, I can't think of one. I've seen one here. Exactly. So uh, anyway, so uh, no, I th- I actually thought that was very sweet and, and beautiful as well. Um, I think I, I won't say much about it except that um, it, again, it, it was a, it's a small thing, but not really for her to. It, and they didn't really address it. It wasn't like, oh, you're wearing the dress. You know what I mean? Like. It, it was. A, it's a great callback. Yeah, it was just there. Then, I didn't notice it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it stood out for me as soon as I saw so her in the crowd. Like, She's yes, I was like, oh, and that's. You guys are so yeah, I love this. But that's what. Don't make this about gender. Don't don't turn this into gender. But but so but it no. Was a I know, but but I will say this: that it, that's a perfect detail of how good the show is. It doesn't yes. hit you over the head with it. It's poignant. It's subtle. Uh, and but you know, it's a callback. So yeah, costumes matter. It expects you to pay attention. Uh, Allison, go ahead. I, I, I thought it was great. And, you know, I I liked the first season, but I, I think that we discussed before that I, I felt that the praise that was being heaped on it was a little excessive. It's like, it's nice. It's a good show. It's not great. Um, and this season, I think it actually lived up to the hype. I think they, they actually got to a place where, first of all, they were not afraid of changing the format and doing something completely different with the whole road trip thing. Yeah, so they took cool. them out of the right. environment and they allowed the characters to grow. Um, there, there was actually this growth for the, for the both of them. And, and usually that's very scary, especially for a, a sitcom. They like to keep the characters a status quo. And, and just run, you know, maybe if they change, they change in fractional little bits so they can keep it going for as long as possible. So the fact that they had the characters come to that much growth in, in that length of time impressed me. And by, by the time the season was over, I, I really, really loved both of, of the two characters. And I was super invested in, in everything that they did. And I actually, you know, I, I when it got to the end, I thought that was the the series finale because they wrap up everything mm-hmm. with such a perfect bow i mean not just the main characters but really all the characters on on the series all the supporting characters get their own little happy endings or at least you know something hopeful to look forward like a to button. Yeah. a little button and yeah. and i thought well that's that's it so i was i was shocked when i when i saw the after show and said no they're going to be doing another season uh, or at least they're they planning to, on it. Yeah. They want to do it, and I'm, I'm, you know, normally I would think, mm, let's not go there. But you know, they've impressed me so much with being willing to go in new directions that I'm interested in seeing what they do mm-hmm. with season three. Mm-hmm. I think, I think there's a real promise there. All right, let's wrap this one up. Thumbs up for Hacks, obviously, for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to do Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, and episode four was freaking amazing like they, i i've seen it three times the the episode the gorn they make the gorn who were silly silly dude in a foam dinosaur suit well you notice we haven't seen them yes yet. that's true well, but they made the gorn who were kind of a goofy villain from the original series and they made them into a uh, uh, like a horror bedtime story like real really threats. scary well, and, I, they, and by the time it was, I was, I'm totally afraid of the Gorn now. I think that's amazing. 
for for those of you who could stomach Enterprise, they did redesign the gore and CGI to make them more threatening looking. Oh, did but they? Yeah, this did this this was a great episode. I mean, I've seen it three times. <laughs> you know, it's but yeah. yeah, it was um, just in terms of, and I watched Star Trek two for its 40th anniversary yesterday. But uh, they borrowed aspects of um, of enemy. Enemy Within, I think. Oh, no, sorry. Balance of Terror from Classic Star Trek. I was about to say, Star not Trek. Enemy Within. That was a terrible episode. Yeah. Okay, Balance, uh, Balance of Terror, of Terror yes. Classic yeah. Star Trek and Star Trek Two were like a submarine thriller. Yes. Which, unlike Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, real submarines do have big, huge picture windows. You are in a metal box, and you can only track people, elect- track other things electronically. So I just thought it was, it was well-written. It was smart. One of the things I love about Strange New Worlds is... They have good storylines, but they find ways to work character moments into them. And Pike effing rocks, man. He's yeah. such a great CO. I mean, I had three COs on my ship, and he was pretty equivalent to one of the best COs I had. Nice. But yeah, just and I'm I'm digging Ortega's. She's just so much fun. <laughs> I like that she had her own maneuver that she'd already made up. Oh yeah. The Ortega. She's like, I'm calling this the Ortega. No, she was like, if this works, we're calling it the Pike maneuver. <laughs> which I thought was great too. Um, and then, uh, Peter, did you check out Strange? Did you see this one or, or the second one? No, I saw, I saw the one that he loves. I didn't. I ended up watching all the the three boys episodes, so I have not seen the Spock one. Oh, okay. But well, I, I, I agree well, with what you. What you want? Did you just want to say anything Gorn. about the Gorn? I, no, no. I thought the Gorn episode was really good. I do want to see what I wanted to see what they look like. You had mentioned that traditionally they're kind of these lizard-looking guys, but I, I'm assuming they have a new, like, yes, I'm assuming they'll be like that, but I want to see what the new version of that is. So I want to see what they look like in 2022. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Enterprise did a CGI version, so they're, they're uh, not... The, first of all, Enterprise had $5 to do CGI. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to judge the Gorn on whatever Enterprise did. This they, show they has a lot of money, so I'm. I'm, I'm and it I'm, looks like it has a lot. Yeah, of yeah it's, it's on the screen. I want to see what they do with the Gorn, so uh, I'm not worried about Enterprise. Uh, but let's move on to the next episode, which was the Shore Leave. And, hi, Jinx. You said hi, Jinx. Oh yeah, hi, Jinx. I thought uh, of that every time that something happened. Oh right, he's like, we will not be involved in hi, Jinx. Yes. The only thing is, I cannot believe they did a body swap with the Vulcans. I it's know. Not- I was watching this thing and I, I, I when they when they started in on it I went this is the most pointless body swap thank you around and they made a joke about it because I mean he said <laughs> you'll know the difference between us by the behavior that, that we have and, and, and Pike was and like, was like, like his, right. His, his, his answer was, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, well, I thought that was actually funny because it played yeah, out, you know yeah, what I mean? But that, was, it, it, yeah. That, I mean, they did actually behave slightly differently. differently. Yeah. Slightly. Like, it was Fractional. a very, very small very difference. Fractional. But and I, but I was like, are we doing a body swap? Are you kidding me right now? Well, so I think ahead. that I think the thing that saved the episode for me, because yes, I was like, oh, Freaky Friday, not not cool. I was like, this is not. I don't see how this is going to be good. 
Um, but I think, in part, the episode was saved because it was just one part of the full episode. They were definitely, like, the whole... There were, like, seven fun. stories Yeah, or something, yeah, right? but, like, the, I, I really did actually like the Where Fun Goes to Die. I thought that was great. <laughs> I really... And I was like, that's a really long nickname, but hilarious. Um, so, I, I didn't mind, uh, you know, and then they had the, like... Um, the uh, the commitment phobe, you know, uh, nurse, nurse or, you, yeah. But I mean, if you watch, if you know original Trek, you know Nurse Chapel is on her way to a hard, hard, hardline crush on Spock. So that's where she's going. Yeah. Oh, do you think they'll stick to that? I think they've started. I think they're, yeah, they're yeah, already, they're already started. To it. They're yeah. showing the seeds of it. Oh, yeah. because at the very end, when she was having drinks, you know, with her, and friend, she's like, "I have a guy that she's thinking of." Yeah, it's yeah, yeah exactly. Okay, so. okay. So, well, the part that I liked was was actually at the very beginning when they do that callback to a muck time. Yeah, and it was so the music. I mean, when the music started in, I just started laughing. It was so it was so perfectly done. I mean, it, it was exactly like the setup for for the one that we're familiar with, only you know with better production values. Right. Um, so that that I thought was was brilliantly done. Even though you know halfway through, I'm going, okay, it's a dream sequence, but still. I mean, well, I mean, well, he's fighting and, himself. And as soon as right, he's fighting right, himself, right. it's like, yeah, of course. Um, but I, I just I just thought that that's one of the things that I like about this show is that they they really love and play with canon. Yeah. They yeah. don't try to ignore it and yeah. say, well, we're going to do our own thing. We're, it's like, we, we we're love We're aware Star of canon. We're aware right. of canon, and we love Star Trek, and so we're going to play with this and acknowledge it and do little calls. The only thing I'm nervous about is the T'Pring thing, because how in 10 years, we still have to get to a mock time. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's what I'm a little nervous well, I can, about. Well, I can see it happening, because they're already showing that there's a strain in their relationship. Yeah, but this is the big... We understand each other now, episode. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. about 10 that's, years for that to go away. But you know what? I want to, that's a perfect, you brought it up. Because here's the thing that was actually disappointing. I, I forgave them of the Freaky Friday concept because I thought, okay, you know, build a better mousetrap for me. So I was really interested in seeing how they were going to do it, how well or how poorly. The thing is, I really feel like there was potential there. I mean, it was, again, it was pretty rote and tropey of the whole, like, well, we're going to do each other's jobs for a day, you know what I mean? And then we'll really get insight into each other. So I thought, okay, fine, you know. But I, I actually enjoyed the episode. I thought it was sort of a nice pace breaker, you know, and it was, you know, uh, you know, you get that in series, kind of like, this is the hijinks episode. So I don't have a problem with any of that. But the part that was supposed to actually not be, you know, to be a little bit deeper and, you know, uh, to have, be more meaningful, I kind of was a little let down. At the end, after having spent the day in each other's bodies, and, the, you know, and there was supposed to be, I thought, a very meaningful conversation where they had gained a lot of insight and they'd grown together and stuff, I was sort of like, like, you know, you know? <laughs> like, uh, they were on the bed, and I was like, okay, you know, I just, I was, I was really disappointed because I thought, they, I thought they really had an opportunity, you know, to explore. They tried to a little bit about how hard it is for Spock to be, you know, uh, by species, you know what I mean? And then the other one. And I was very excited for that, you know, and I thought they would come up with into dialogue in the script some really, you know, poignant, meaningful, interesting things that they found out of each other. And then they would have earned sexy time, you know what I mean? But it was sort of like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was a little like, oh, oh, all right, let's get to it then. And I was like, I don't really see any real insight and bonding. Go, but fine, have your sexy time. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, that was a little disappointing for me. I can get behind that. Um, all right, let's move Fuck. on. Um, oh, fun wait, fact. Hey, Tom, go ahead. 
final episode of classic Star Trek body swap episode. Not yes, but that was action. one of the worst episodes of the final. <laughs> <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible. It's episode. terrible. See James Kirk as a woman trapped in it's like oh no don't no, get it, was, it was cringeworthy when i was a child yes and it hasn't <laughs> aged any better nope. no it was nope. horrible anyway let's move on uh next up we're going to talk about oh uh obi-wan kenobi because i was like is it called star wars obi-wan kenobi oh, whatever it's just one kenobi obi-wan okay we'll call it that kenobi so they dropped two episodes the first week and one episode this week um and I love the look of the show, and I love that we're not on Tatooine the whole time. Uh, I like that we get to travel and, and uh, go to different places, because that's the one thing. I'm like, Mandalorian travels a little bit, but the Book of Boba Fett, the whole thing was on Tatooine. I was like, can we leave the freaking planet, please? I'm tired of being on that planet. So I do like that we get to travel, and we're getting all this insight, and also I like that because I watched Clone Wars, I'm getting some reward from that because some of the characters are carrying over. I really like the um, the Inquisitors, though I am confused about the Grand Inquisitor, if he is the real Grand Inquisitor from Rebels because he shouldn't be dead, or if we're gonna get a new Grand Inquisitor who is a different guy, who is the same race, which is confusing, so. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the show. I like the setup with Leia uh, because they set the series up like, we're going to be following Luke. And they're like, nope, we're going to be following uh -huh. Leia. And, I, and it, it, what I like is how now that, that she's going to be the one that saves him, when you go to Star Wars and she's like, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope, it, that like makes way more sense that she would reach out to him. So I'm, I'm happy about that aspect of it. Uh, so I'll, I'll stop talking. Who wants to talk next? I just got to say, can I skip ahead to episode three? Go for it. Go for it. Dude, that, the, uh, the, the showdown between Vader and oh, Kenobi. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you well, left they, me. They weren't afraid to make Vader like a hardcore villain. Planet. Like, I'm wow. going to recreate that for you. Yeah. They made, Vader the a, they made Vader a hardcore villain. They had him, like, murdering children. And I was like, holy... Well, I mean, technically speaking, we saw that in the yeah, prequels. Yeah, but, I mean, there was something about... There was something visceral about him just grabbing this kid, trying to save his dad. He just grabs him, throws him, and snaps his neck. And I was like, holy crap! Like, that just kind of... I don't know why that was so shocking, but it was. So, uh, go ahead. Keep going. No, I really like it um, just in terms. I know some people are thinking that we keep, the, you know, so far the new Star Wars shows are just filling in the gaps between episodes three and four and six and seven. But at least in this one, you see Obi-Wan tortured because of the decisions he's made. And, you know, you literally, like literally, yes, that happens too. <laughs> and then having to protect, you know, little Leia, who I find adorable. I don't want to start a flame war or anything, but I, <laughs> I, I, I like her. And I'm just glad, you know, don't get me wrong. I love Luke as a character, but man, give her some due. Right, because she's the least developed character. They, everybody spends so much time following Luke. I really appreciate that we're following Leia this time. I'll, I'll jump in because um, I'll, I'll start with something positive. Um, I absolutely love that it's about Leia, and I did not know it. Uh, I tried not to hear. I tried not to 
watch or read anything about Obi-Wan. I really was curious to see what they were going to do with it. So when I saw what was happening, I was absolutely delighted. And I'll start by saying I loved the beginning of the very of the entire series. I thought it was smart. You know, it's been a long time. I did not rewatch any of the other, you know, the prequels. And I, I thought it was great to uh, to be reminded of what I did like about it. And it's it just kind of swooped you right into the series. I won't belabor the points about I, I don't love the show, but I am absolutely willing to give it a chance. Um, and the things that I did like about it is not just the traveling, but the look of the show. It had sort of more of a, a like a, I don't know, organic, sort of less flashy kind of, it reminded me very much of, of like kind of New Hope. And it, it was, a, I don't know if gritty is the right word, but especially when they were, you know, when it first started. So I like the look of the show for sure. And I, I do have hope. I didn't actually finish watching three. So I plugged my ears when you guys were talking about uh, three. Um, but look, I, I, I did not like it in the one uh, the beginning so much. And I will say this, um, I felt I read a bunch of reviews that agreed with every point that I made. They just still didn't care. They were like, oh, but we love the first two episodes. So I think I care more about what didn't work in the series, uh, the, the, you know, the thing. And for me, I thought that I, I understand why they did it. I do. But the trope of, uh, you know, a grizzled old guy, you know, who was essentially not a cop, but, you know, like I, I made the joke that like all he needed to do was be sitting at a bar, being an alcoholic and, you know, being divorced. You know what I mean? And I thought, I don't know that I want to watch Obi-Wan do this, but I get it. I mean, it's part of the story. It makes sense. But I, I'll focus on the fact that uh, as much as I don't love the Leia, you know, set up, I, maybe it's part of the writing, you know, because it seems also very typical precocious you know uh child except that i actually think she's what people are missing is she's the precociousness that people are talking about i think she's using the force like the way that she saw yeah, to her totally cousin. The oh i love that yeah yeah these so, are good things I, but i'm just saying it's not just her being precocious without really being aware right. i think she's literally using the force yeah, to yeah, get yeah. this well, yeah, I, I, yeah get that. I think that i think that's correct that she is supposed to be doing that However, I think that the writing is weak in that they're giving her dialogue that she cannot fundamentally say. Correct. Um, I mean, she just doesn't have... First of all, I think act, act, asking any kid that young to give voice to dialogue like that um, would be asking a lot. But um, she, in particular, I don't think is a strong child actress. Um, I think she's, she's like typical kid you'd see in, in a serial commercial level actress and she's she's not up to what they're asking her to do um that's not the kid's fault it's the fault of the casting director who you know did not choose maybe they couldn't find the the right kid but i she's she's just really like nails on a chalkboard for me to to, to listen the, to because the, of the dialogue and the dialogue is terrible and she delivers it badly um, I don't believe her as a character as much as I would like to see the you know them them doing the story about Leia. Uh, it's just I'm taken out of it every time she has to, to open her mouth to say anything. It's just torture. Um, I really like the, Vivian Lyra Blair. Peter, go ahead. I really like her, Vivian Lyra Blair. I guess apparently she turned ten yesterday, uh, which makes sense because we all thought she looks too young. 
because she should be 10, right? She should already be 10. Yeah. Yeah. She should already be 10. And I they see filmed on Facebook, this like a year like, ago. So, yeah. Yeah, on Facebook, they're like, happy birthday, Vivian Lyra Blair, 10 years old. I was so, like, oh, Harvey, she... just, what did you think of the episode as we say happy um, birthday? I really liked it. I, I mean, I've, I think that I do not – as a person who is a huge Star Wars fan and is happy that we get Star Wars shows – I don't think, even with The Mandalorian, which is which is probably, I think, arguably the strongest of all these shows so far, sure. uh, I don't even think The Mandalorian has ever had a season where it was like, wow, every episode knocked it out of the park. I just, I guess I'm just beginning to think, I just don't think that, like, as talented as I think Filoni and Favreau and Deborah Chow and them are, I just, I just think that my expectations for, like, what a Star Wars show is as far as, like, kind of, like, you know, you know, a level quality. I think I kind of have to give that up because I was like, I just don't think that's what these shows are. Having said that, I mean, of course, I love seeing Darth Vader. I love that. I love that Darth Vader um, basically whooped uh, Obi Wan with one hand. I mean, you know, with one technically, hand tied behind his back. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does in Empire. When he f- fights Luke, he uses one hand until. Luke gets him mad with the smoke in his face, and then he starts using the two hands, and he gets really serious and cuts his hands off. Spoiler alert! Um, so, <laughs> I I thought that was great. I loved I loved I loved him strunging him through the fire. I was like, oh my god! Oh, well, he basically like, was like burning him to death. Yeah, like, that is crazy. <laughs> I, I was thinking of that old Chaka Khan song. I, I love what he says. Idea. You know what? I love when he says, you know, what Obi-Wan's like, what have you become? And, you know, he's like, I am what, what you made me. I was like, oh, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just, there's definitely stuff about the Obi-Wan show where I'm like, yeah, this is a, it's funny. I like the actress playing Leia, but I think all the other kids on the show, when they're like, you know, running to the guys like, oh, I can get you to a Jedi. Like all those kids, I'm like, oh, these kids are not that great. It's like, so I, I, I definitely suspend his disbelief a little. Just like, all right, let's just let's just go with this, you know. But um, yeah, I'm liking it. Oh, one other thing I want to say: why, <laughs> why the? To, I just going back to Yusin in costumes. Why the heck does Obi Wan look the least Jedi at his fist job? Like he really is like, oh, he looks like he just fits in. And then when he's like, all right, I'm gonna go save Leia. Time to look like a Jedi. I'm like, what do you? Like, why would he... Like, yes! Like, okay. <laughs> I, I thought that, too. When he's trying to blend like, in, I think it's episode two, I guess. You know, they've already made their escape. And he literally is like, I'm going to be the only one in a crowd to wear a hood. You know what I mean? And I was like, how is that blending in, dude? And it's not like he's trying to really hide that lightsaber too terribly. Yeah. No, he just keeps flipping it behind he's, and yeah. looking out. You know, yeah. Like, so, but we got, we got to wrap this one up. We got more shows to talk about. Uh, so... I mean, I feel like we're a little split yeah. on Obi-Wan, but that's fine. Like, oh, I'm loving yeah. it. Screw you guys. <laughs> so uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of The Flight Attendant for season two, and I'm going to hum really loud and pretend I can't hear you. <laughs> go ahead. Wait, so before before they, before they you guys go into spoilers, because I'm going to have to hit mute, I, I saw like the first two episodes of season two, or two or three episodes, and I was like, ah, it's okay, you know, like, uh, so before you go into spoilers, which I'll mute, are you guys saying yes, finish it? It's still good or Oh yes. Oh absolutely. Oh, okay. Because Allison, you were a little mixed in the beginning. In the beginning it, it took a little while to to get going. Um it is a little slow, season two. 
But um, I, I, it definitely picks up, and I think it ends incredibly well. Oh wow! I'm definitely have to plug my ears. <laughs> All right, All right but, and I will. Allison, Allison, is just, it, Allison is just the two of us talking about this. It is yes. Here's yes, my take, and I don't disagree with your early criticisms. I don't really the plot about somebody impersonating Cassie, blah blah blah. Who cares? The really the revelation of this season is they very realistically deal with somebody who falls off the wagon yes. hard. And when they when you I think it's episode three where you start to get the hints what the season's really about, and then the fall happens in like episode four or five. Six is the first Sharon Stone episode. But man, for me, I just thought, because I have, I've had several friends dealing with different types of addictions, but I thought they did it realistically, sensitively, and just the way that they, they couched all the subplots, like Davy being so invested in her recovery because he's so codependent because of their family dynamics. For me, and then Kelly Cuoco just hit it out of the park. I'm sad to hear from, to read an article an interview with her that this might be the end of the series. However, if it is, if they were going to do go beyond the book and basically come up with some half cockamamie spy plot just to show that this is a woman in recovery not dealing with it well and then going down hard. I just thought that they did some really fascinating things dealing with the character emotionally and the, the notion of recovery. I agree. I, I think that, that that's really the core of the series. The, you know, you've got the, the mystery and all the espionage stuff, and that's fun, and it's it's cute. You know, they get into all of that, that, you know, who is behind all this, and it's always that little twist. I also like the fact that they brought back a bunch of people who I was <laughs> not expecting to return. I mean, they pretty much brought back anyone who wasn't ex actually dead um, <laughs> on the show. So, so their little cameos were really fun bits, especially the you know the one at the very, the very end. I really was not uh, expecting to see the trip to prison and and all of that go down. Um, but as fun as all of that stuff is, yes, the core of the show is Cassie and her addictions and how she is dealing with it and how she is recovering or not recovering and how the impact that the impact of that on her family and her friends. And, and all of that is just done so incredibly well. And th that's really, that's the heart of it when we get to the, the, the finale um, is, and you know, I, I really felt when I saw it that they wrapped everything up so perfectly that um, I'd be okay if it ends here because it, it's going out on an extremely high note. If they go to another season, I'll certainly be willing to watch that. But I, I think that they, they did such a great job and, and gave you this, this wonderful note of hope at the end. Um, and I, I, I add to everything you said, and I just hope that people realize Kaylee Cuoco was really the, the core. Um, Big Bang Theory would not have worked if she had not played the straight man for 12 seasons. <laughs> and the fact that she has so much more range and depth that anybody has ever given her credit. I hope she continues to pick smart, challenging roles for herself in the future. Oh, absolutely. She's wonderful. She really is. All right, let's wrap that up. Uh, so I'm taking the two thumbs up for that. Um, oh, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk to, about Man Who Fell to Earth in episode five. Apparently, they're taking a break. What? Like they've only no, they, done... took a, they took a break for the long weekend. 
Okay, so we're gonna get another because uh, we've only got one episode, which is episode five, to really talk about. And this episode was basically the one where you know the Chewie's character. Who, oh, uh, Faraday. Faraday. Yeah. So it's Faraday basically having doubts about his ability. Like he starts to do the equation. He actually has the facility. He's got the blueprints, and he can't make anything of it. He doesn't understand what the heck is going on, and. He starts to freak out and think he's not smart enough to solve this. And so he starts having these weird visions. Like, how quick did you guys realize that that woman was not real? If I started to... At the beginning, I just thought she was some eccentric yeah. who, who knew... Um, uh, the other guy. You know, yeah. Bill Nye's character. And, uh, you know, I was, I was accepting that on face value. But I, the, by the time, the second time she showed up, I knew she wasn't real. But, yeah, but when they were, when they were having drinks, and I, I think it was right after the drinks when they started, you know, walking around, and I'm like, that's, something's going on. Yeah. She's, she's not what she's purporting to be. And, and then, you know, of course, when she showed up in a completely different location... Yeah, she's she teleporting. Was. It's like she's. It's either it's either she's an alien or this is a hallucination. Right. You and know, it's funny because I know this sounds obvious to me. It's obvious coming from me, but I at first I thought, oh, she was real, just like you said, total face value. But within like I'm gonna say like 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, I started figuring the out, costuming right? actually. Oh, really? Yeah, really? because I thought it, it's a subtle nuance, but I'll try to explain it. It, it, they they wanted to make Christine eccentric, right? Um, so obviously it's okay if she was dressed like a little bit oddly or you wouldn't necessarily expect it. But for me, I thought, ah, oh, that's a choice. Do you know what I mean? Like Meaning like they tried a little too hard to make it seem a little incongruous. Is that the word? Um, you know, like I, I just felt like for me, I was like, oh, this is definitely like a let's dress up your inner thoughts as a quirky character. You, you know what I mean? Like it just didn't seem like... That's how I would have expected her to there was, dress. There was something about the way she behaved and how he was reacting to her that set off bells for me very quickly. Right. But for so. me, it was her outfit. Her little white sneakers and then her little suit and stuff. I don't Like I said, I felt like it was just slightly too obvious of a choice to make it seem like, look how quirky she is. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I definitely, within like a minute or two, I thought, no, this isn't right. But, I, but what I did like is once he figured everything out, put it together, Like I liked that. I liked him having his epiphany, and it was like he's either a drone or a, uh, what's the other one? Uh, an adept. Yes, either a drone or an adept, and he had to put it on his little adept pants, because he's used to being a drone. So I thought that was pretty cool. Was this the episode also, I'm already forgetting, where he had the interaction with the daughter, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he like, uh -huh. freaked out because she was being creative and not following the directions. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I like that. I thought, you know, the smaller moments, you know, I thought, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I, maybe it's not hard. Maybe it's not easier for a child to, to be sort of... Uh, sort of dark and morose or whatever I mean she's more quiet and kind of, she doesn't need to be perky you know what I mean and so it's a, it's a quieter kind of a role but I liked her I like her in it do you know what I mean I like her kind of quiet confidence and her sort of you know that child bluntness that you know is is kind of um, typical of that of children and, and of that age or whatever so I like their relationship and I like how it, it's a trope but like how the, the simplicity of a child's thinking and this and that kind of helps the adult have an epiphany, whatever. So I thought I liked that aspect yeah. of the show. And I like that they're building her to be a genius too. Because exactly. Because apparently yeah. that falls in the, in the family. Yeah. And Their it makes family's sense. crazy. And I like the way they did it because she's not a math nerd per se. She's like 
creative and thinks outside the box and doesn't think so well, linearly. It's like that's it's still focused in an engineering kind yes, of yes, yes. thing. So you could see where it's coming from. Right. You know, the the father But of I the, and then the, she's not like a pocket protector nerd. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like I like the concept oh, no. of the building and the three D and the you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I thought that was well done. Yeah. Uh, Tom, your thoughts before we move on? No. Just adding to everybody what everybody else said. It still boggles my mind that this is from the same people who do Star Trek. It's like, I kind of want to say, step it up on all the Star Trek shows, not just the newest one. Yeah, definitely right. has an incredibly yeah. different feel. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's move on. Thumbs up for Amanda Fell Earth. Hopefully, I can't wait for episode six, which apparently is coming soon. All right, next up, we're going to talk Stranger Things. And spoiler alert for everybody, we're talking about the whole enchilada. Because apparently all of us sat and watched them all at once. So we were like, why are we breaking it up? While it's still fresh in our minds, let's just talk Stranger Things. And I'm going to start off with the elephant in the room, which is the runtime, which is way, way, way too long. I think that the core story of this season is a good story. I really like what's going on with Hawkins. I like the main team of kids. I think there's four or five of them or something. I like the main core that's doing the investigating. I like them running around Hawkins, trying to put clues together, figuring out where the portals are and the water gate and all of that stuff. So I like that they're doing all of those kind of things. But all the side stories, oh my God. Oh my God! Libby, I, I counted. There are eight storylines. Okay. And generally speaking, a good a good drama has five to seven main characters. Yeah. Well, this one has but way more than that. Yes. You've got eight storylines with easily a dozen plus characters, and they keep introducing their characters. It's well, like, yeah, especially in the first episode, I was like, I don't care about all these new people. Like the first episode, all they did was introduce new, 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 more people, more people. And I was like, oh my God, stop it. And so I was frustrated with the first episode just because it's like, it's been a year. This is what everyone is doing. Don't you want to know that? And I was like, yeah, you could have take, done that in like 20, 30 minutes and just introduced me to all the new stuff. Why do I have to spend um, all this other time? Well, that was my problem with the series altogether. Now, I will I will preface this by saying that overall, I actually like this. I, overall, I, I agree. It. I agree. Um, and I think it ended very strongly, and I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the two-part resolution that they've got coming up. But um, the thing that was, was just crazy was was all the bloat they had so many stories that that could have just if they wanted to use it like the whole um 11 is a loser and being bullied thing oh, I just hated went that on before. forever everything went on forever it was it was crazy and it's like i don't want to see her like this and i i don't understand what what mike and will are are doing you know by just standing around watching her getting beaten up and, and all of this is just taking too long. The whole thing with Hopper in, in the gulag, you know, would have been great for two, two episodes, episodes. Right, right. But it went through the entire run. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, just, it was just too much. Like when he, when Hopper makes his big escape, if he had actually escaped, I would have been great. Right. I would have been like, this is perfect length. He escapes, everybody go home. 
But I no. saw another version of that same actor in a Soviet prison, <laughs> and it was at the big screen. It was a much better movie. Yes. 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 That yeah. actually yeah, it does like, feel moment, like he was in the exact same prison, doesn't it? Yeah. The the moment I think it's episode four is the moment when. Yes, Hopper's going to escape. They're going to go get him. And then the big reveal is that Enzo, the guy the guard was working with, betrayed them all. No, 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 I no. Like, I remember being like, oh, my God. No, this Enzo is didn't betray him. Enzo ends up in jail with him. Enzo is the one who gets betrayed. Oh, I'm sorry. The guy, is it Yuri? Is that Yuri the guy? is the one who betrays them all. Sorry, yes. yeah. But once that, once that sequence happened, I was just like, Oh my God! It's going to be the whole season. There, he's not going to get out of the gulag until episode seven. Oh, I mean, technically, that's I'm sorry, part one. Technically, it's not the whole season, but that drove me crazy. Yeah, um, as it should, as it should. Because yeah. I, I did I, the I, similar no, thing. I, I agree with um, Allison and Libya that I I I got to say, man, episode five and six, I was pretty frustrated. I was like, I don't know, man. I was like, there's good stuff here, but every episode, I'm like, how long is this? But I really liked the finale. <laughs> I was but it like, was well, so funny because you, you, you told me to watch the finale well. and I turned it on. I was like, this is two hours long? Yeah, like, I mean, the, oh finale, the finale is good. I really – wait, we're talking spoilers, right? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. I, yeah, I think, I think it's the best villain they've ever had because it's a personality. Normally their villains are either like a, a possessed monster. kid or just a monster. And I was like, whoa, it's – it's number one who's actually Vecna and is actually the little kid. That was pretty good. I was like, wow, that's well, a good- My question to you like, yeah. is, so I figured out number one was number one pretty much the first time they show him. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that dude's number one. I did I not figure out- I don't like an older male version of Eleven. Yeah, I, I, I knew he was one. I knew, because they- I don't know he, why, it didn't occur to me that he was number one, but I knew number one wasn't dead. Because yes. don't they say something like, oh, number one's dead. I'm yeah, like, and as soon one. as they said that, I was like, oh, it's this dude. I was like, yeah, he's not honestly, dead. Honestly, I had forgotten about the existence of number one until they had a conversation about it. And then I, I just, it was after they had a conversation about it that I realized, well, of course it's this, yeah. this, that's guy. That's it's that guy, yeah. Um, it's, but but it's from his very entrance, right. I, I thought, that, okay, that's something weird going on with this guy. Yeah. But um, I, so I you know, knew he wasn't there for any good. But I love the fact that they did connect him in so many ways yes. on so yeah, many too. levels yeah. and his performance by the way was outstanding yeah he was he's great, great. genuinely yeah. threatening yeah. he was genuinely terrifying um i think he's more terrifying actually as a human being than he is in that costume right um so he's, he just did a, a bang up job i mean that's how you play a villain he was he was great yeah um so i i uh, jamie lynn bowers that's that's the, the actor? actor's name yeah, he was great because I think, Peter, you talked about this. You said that the thing that makes him so threatening and interesting is he's unapologetically evil. Like, he's yeah, not he's trying just, to get redemption. He's, he's not trying to do anything. Yes, which I like. Yeah, um, he's pure psycho. No, I agree. I, I just, I, I liked all that stuff. I love, and then, you know, just to, to be fair about the first part of the season, I really like the stuff with, obviously, it's become like a thing now about how Max listens to Kate Bush song and the songs what gets out i thought all that was really good i thought all the stuff with max yeah. that was great I like was so super tense there. i was su- i didn't know she was gonna yeah, get very out. tense you know yeah. like yeah. i just I, they, the show it takes these weird detours they're like oh now mike and them are gonna go find dustin's girlfriend and then it's just wacky house with these crazy kids and oh. i'm like what is going on with this so i was like yeah. what 
That was terrible. I was just like, what? And then I got to say, as much as I like, loved, Sebr- loved seeing Robert England, because obviously Vecta is kind of a, he's kind of a Freddy Krueger type in your dreams monster. I like his scene, but I never for a second thought that Nancy and the other girl could get in to see him. There's no way. Yeah, yeah there's just no way. <laughs> like, like it, it would never happen. I was like, all right. Like, yeah, two high so school like, kids yes. are totally going to get in yeah. to see this maniac. Who and be left man. alone with him. Yeah, that was totally ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But it was, so, it was a cool scene. Yeah, it moved the story along, so I was willing to accept it. Yes. Yes. I was I was mixed on the season. I think like the rest of you guys, but but I gotta say when it ended, I thought it was a good finale, and I'm I'm ready for July for the next two episodes. So yeah, which are gonna be four hours. Yeah. <laughs> just just so that we're clear, it's gonna be four hours. I, so I assume at this point though, because everything is coming together, that these last last four hours are gonna be what the rest of it should have been, and it's gonna move like a train. Hopefully, yeah. That's what I'm. That's what I'm hoping uh, because I think they've gotten all their fear. their ducks in a row. You know, everything's. The running. only thing that's the silly wackiness that they have left is the town has basically mobbed up and is trying to chase yes. that guy. Oh, it's yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's the, in the beast, kill the beast. It's ugh. Yeah, I, I. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm not mixed. I'm down. I thought. <laughs> I kept. Waiting to see when's it gonna get here. Here's the problem I knew that Jamie Campbell Bauer was the bad guy, I suspected he was one, I knew he was tricking 11. But you've got these asinine subplots the Joyce thing with Murray, awful. Oh man, the yeah. thing with Hopper was because they extended it because oh, it's like they didn't get out, we're gonna do this. Uh, it's just unbearably long, and some of the splitting the kids up and then giving them doofy side plots. I mean, you might as well just write the kids off the show like so-and-so's in college already. I just thought it was a hot mess. Network notes do matter. Uh, (laughs) Netflix evidently didn't want to give them notes because this is their cash cow. The the most obvious thing is they needed to chop stuff. Yeah, and if yeah. this thing costs thirty million dollars an hour or an episode, wow! That's why Netflix is in the toilet because you could have saved a lot of money by trimming. They should have stuck to a forty-five to sixty-minute runtime for each episode. That would have yeah. saved them money alone. And, but and man, frankly, just from a storytelling point of view, the kids are better when they're working together as a group. Together, so the whole idea right, of agreed. splitting them off. I mean, they have, they usually do split them into groups as they're investigating stuff, but they're in the same town, so they're going to keep coming together. Um, in this, where they're geographically in such, you know, separate places, it, that that just is ridiculous to keep, to do that, first of all, and then keep it that way for the entire duration. It's like, I think it, it's like saying that we, you know, we didn't know what to do with these characters. I'm so, not disagreeing. I think there were some problems, but oh, I mean, I'm gonna watch the end. I'm not. Oh yeah, not. and yeah, then playing the high school jock does not look like a teenager. It's like yes. give me a freaking break. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this one up. Let's wrap this one up. We got one more show to talk about. So, uh, lastly, we're gonna talk about the boys. Woo woo! And uh, this season started off as bloody as you would expect, and I will say that uh, the open was a great surprise because it starts off and you see like the Stormfront powers and I was like, isn't she like in a, 
coma? Like, how is she in this movie? And I was like, they still kept her in the movie? And then when it pans up and it's Charlize Theron, I was like, oh my God, it's Charlize Theron? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm like, that, is that Charlize Theron? That was, that was so good. That was the best surprise ever because I, I love Charlize Theron, so that made it even better. But um, but then when you realize it's the movie version of their life, you're like, uh, okay. Um, but then they did the cheap, immediately went for the cheap thrill of the sex thing of the little guy. And, and as, soon as, as soon as that started, I was like, oh, this is going to be bloody and nasty. And I just literally fast forwarded because I already, I was like, I've seen enough blood splatter. I know how the show works. I don't care about either one of these characters. So that dude is totally dying. <laughs> so I just like, I fast forwarded until I saw the other guy covered in blood. I was like, okay, the explosion has happened. I did not do anything that smart. I watched the whole <laughs> thing. And I, the whole time I was watching it, I was going, oh, no, 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 no. You no, knew where no, it was no, going. No, no. You knew and it. I, and and if, I do. I, I did. And so I have only myself to blame. <laughs> um, and it, it went there. It went there just like the boys usually do. And, I mean, yeah. it's going to be a bloody show, I know. But I did feel like that was unnecessary. But I will say um, the setup for this where it's like, it's been a year. This is where everybody's at. They only took like half the first episode to establish that. And I was like, Stranger Things, take note. <laughs> and then we went on with the storyline, with the plot. We immediately got the discovery of, oh, my God, the senator is really uh, soup and she's the exploding head soup. So we well, they, they revealed that last season. We, well, we, we knew that last cast, year. He didn't find right, out. Right, that's what yes. I meant. The cast yeah. found out. We knew. Oh, so I like found. that the characters caught up with us. So that's what I like. They did that pretty quickly. So I appreciated that. And also, we got Huey covered in guts again. So that's just his thing. <laughs> that's his legacy. Yeah. So I, I liked how it started. And then we're all about... Because I've already figured out where they're going, which is... We, the storyline for the first two episodes is very much about Homelander not being... A, the only way that they keep Homelander in control is he they have him, like, afraid. And so they can control him with his fear. And so the first couple episodes are very much about him letting go of that fear and being like, no one can control me. I can do whatever I want. And I'm like, you don't know Soldier Boy is coming. And we, <laughs> as the audience, know Soldier Boy is coming. So I feel like that's pretty much what they're going to have to do. Because so, well, Soldier Boy is just as bad as Homelander, but that's great. You just put these two Goliaths against each other and, and then watch the, the, the buildings be crushed. Uh, Tom, what do you think? Oh, well, once I felt like I need to pressure wash myself. Um, <laughs> I th- the thing that frustrates me about the boys is there are ideas behind the show, but Seth Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg sometimes get distracted by the blood and gore. Uh, the thing with um, with Butcher visiting his his wife's son, who's biologically not related to him, but he he made a promise to her to keep an eye on him, and the boy is binding with him, which Homelander, of course, does not like that fact. Um, but I, I saw the first two episodes. I what can I fast forward to the ep, end of the episode two when Homelander goes off script on his birthday special and oh, basically says, "You are beneath me, you petty 
pants. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, he's basically unhinged. Like he's very much like. Oh, he's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, he's like, no one can control me. I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna do what I want. And I'm just looking at my watch, like, okay, so uh, when Soldier Boy showing up, so we can have this out. Because I feel like the only way they can control Homelander is you have someone of equal power to him. That's that's well, the only way it's gonna with, work. With Butcher taking the Compound V or whatever, and getting powers at least temporarily, and beaten, I mean, beaten. Soldier oh, Boy's gunpowder. He beat gun the crap powder. out of gunpowder. Yeah, he killed him. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. That's well. Saw that's, part of yeah. sliding off. Um, no, I, I thought it was interesting that a lot of these these two episodes. I mean, there was a little bit of table setting, but they also pushed the plot forward with Stewie finding out not only is Victoria bad, but she's in league with Stan, and the whole thing stacked against with, with Vaught. Yeah, yeah. With Vaught, uh, and and just. This is the third show where they had these savage showbiz parodies from, oh, we thought we might have to dump it on Vought, Vought Plus. <laughs> yeah, I'm that like, was pretty good. Ooh, Stark. Um, but yeah, I just wish I could, sometimes I wish I had one of those things where, can you just tell me when to fast forward through Gore and Viscera? I feel like not- they let you know, like some of them to let you, and if they let you know, I do fast forward, so. Uh, Peter, your thoughts before we wrap this up? Um, I think it's okay. I don't, I don't love the boys as much. I liked season two. I, I never finished season one. Um, I think the problem I have with boys is there's a lot of moments where characters have to hold something back or, or don't tell the truth about something, and it feels very. It's funny. We were just talking about how. Stranger Things could benefit from network notes of like, you know, and not only that, but time. And I guess I feel like Kripke is the showrunner and isn't Kripke from network? He is, right? Yes, yes. he does Supernatural. He, right. he, yeah, I, don't, he I, don't necessarily know, I don't necessarily know if he's a writer, but like- He is a writer. He is. He, is. he does things where it's like Huey, Huey calls Stargirl and is like, you can't do this. You can't, I know this is super traumatic and terrible, but you can't do this. You know, you have to like hold off because we're going to try to, you know, take down um, Homelander and and the exploding head lady. And it's like stuff like that. I'm just like, really just, that feels so narratively old fashioned, you know, like, which is weird because the show always wants to feel like it's big and bold. Like, look how look how crazy and gory we are. We're look how crazy and shocking we are. It's just narratively there are things where I'm like, what? It's like, and I gotta say, my biggest issue that I am surprised hasn't come up. Not that I'm saying it solves everything, but unless I'm forgetting something, um, the woman Nadia, the woman who can explode heads and stuff. Uh-huh. So she's working with Toria. Gu- with uh, I call him Gus, but what's his name on the show? Uh, he's he's the head of Vaught. Just say that. Right, he's the head of he's the head of oh, If Dan Edgar. Right. So if the whole thing is is like, how do you control Homelander? How can you control him and everything? And right now they're like, well, the boys are like, well, if we go get another super soldier who's also terrible, maybe they can duke it out. No, no, I, no, no. That's not their plan. They think that Soldier Boy's dead, and they think the Russians came up with a gun that could kill true. Soldier Boy. Correct. You were right about that. I'm sorry. But we, we all know since it's Dean from Supernatural, that's he's clearly alive. But you, you are right. Narratively, that's what they're thinking. 
My question is, um, if Vought Industries controls exploding head lady, Nadia, and, they, and they're having a hard time controlling Homelander, why don't they just have Nadia either kill Homelander outright, because she can, or do something like, you talk to Homelander and like, look, if you don't do what we're saying right now, I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna blow up your hand, and he's gonna be like, "What are you talking about? I'm Homelander!" And then his hand gets blown up. It would freak him out, and it would put him in check. What's weird to me is you have a character that can kill Homelander already, and I'm like, "Why are they not? E-? They're not even talking about it," which makes me that to me seems well, like well, the only person who knows about it is Stan Edgar. No, yeah. also, oh wait, Stan. I mean, yeah, Gus. He's Gus. A, yeah, he's the only one who knows about her and has control of her. But also, you're you're mis you're you're not understanding the corporate bottom line, which is Homelander still makes them money. Right. So That's they why they don't I want him. They like want to be able to control him, him but they want him. Or you, I mean, you you do something. You have to do something to scare him. That I'm, that's why I'm saying you don't kill him. And and the weird thing to me about the show is that Homelander is one of the best characters of the show. Like well, we know I, they're not actually going to kill him. Right. So I don't really want them to kill him. But it is weird to me that I'm like, technically, this character could totally kill him. Like, like, so I just, it feels like a weird thing that they're not even, again, that's what I'm saying. It's weird they're not discussing it. That's what's strange to me. But I guess we also don't know if her, I'm assuming her head exploding power works on him, but maybe it yeah. doesn't. We don't Then they have know. to tell us. They have to at least bring it up. Because right. at this point, it feels like something left out. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like, like, again, I like the show. Also, I was a little tired of, um, I I get that it's his character just like Homelander, but I'm a little tired of uh, Carl Urban's character. Like, he tries to rein it in, and then he's a jerk to the kid. And I'm just like, once again, it's like, I get it. Like, again, that feels like a network show where it's like, he does this thing, and he's a jerk about it but then he's gonna feel bad about it and then it's okay. And I'm like, no, I feel like we're sort of past those kind of stories. I feel like, does that make sense, I guess? Except that they actually talk about, they address that this particular time. They address it where they have, uh, Huey is talking to Carl Urban and he's like, I understand why you did what you did. The other guys don't, but you did it because of this. Like they give you a reason for his behavior. Like, he, he didn't just do it arbitrarily. He did it for a reason. So Wait, no, I thought he did it because he was angry that he found out his wife might, or his ex-girlfriend might not have died. I thought that's why. He, no, he's out of no, 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 no. Well, it has to do with what's coming next. What's coming next is a big battle, and he when he came, th- when he first showed up at the cabin, he was like, I'm not here to see the kid. I'm here because I want this information. Right. So the rules, by the once he decides to take the drugs, the rules have changed. So for him, it, it, it makes sense to distance himself from the kid. So and then my last, my last thing, because I know we need to move on. And again, I'm still enjoying the show. But my last thing is, you just brought that up, is um, like, what, why are we also dealing, like, again, why is he not telling anybody that he's taking the drug? Well, of like, course, because he's ashamed. I just, I don't point, like that. The whole point is they're supposed to be stopping suits. I know, it's just, eh, I just don't think it's, I think what would be more interesting is he takes it and then Huey's like, what are you doing? You hate that. Like, and, and see I'm where sure that goes. I'm sure that's coming. That's, that's probably coming. Yeah, I guess. Like, so, so I'm, I'm kind of mixed on it, but I mean, I'll keep watching 
you know? So. I'm loving it, actually. it's I couldn't stop watching it. So I was, like, trying to watch Hacks and this at the same time, and I was flipping back and forth. Ooh. And I was, like, I, I was super obsessed with finishing the boys, though. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this one up. Uh, and for you guys, we will not be doing a podcast for the next couple of weeks. So apologies ahead of time. Uh, it could not be helped. But if you have any questions or comments, you can send them to the campfire at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter, and on Facebook, we're on sci-fi.radio, Leonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.